Hey everybody, Dan and I are so excited for this final episode of 2021. Today we're going to be talking about mental health and its effects on our family and its effects on our foster youth. We're going to talk a little bit about community and why that's important. And then we're going to roll into our 2022 vision. We're going to talk about these four new pillars that we're going to kind of stand by as, as flexible fatherhood. We're going to talk about what we want our growth to look like. And I'm just really excited to go through this podcast with you all. And I can't wait for you to join us. Let's transition over to mental health. This kind of his, his question falls right in line with mental health. I mean, it kind of starts out in your mind what if if you can do this is this something that you can do yeah and again I, I, like i said before i don't think everyone's cut out to be a foster parent but i think you should give it a go or start to educate yourself and get involved in community so that you can make that a more educated decision for yourself um but yeah it definitely takes a different toll one of the big things i've noticed is that i've uncovered a lot of things about my childhood through parenting a foster child, uh, you know, one of the things, for example, is control. I noticed that I want to be in control of a lot of things. And when I am not, it is like crushing to me. <laughs> it's so interesting to see that kind of work out. But my mom was like that. And so, you know, she always jokes. She's like, well, I'm not getting on a plane unless I can fly it. <laughs> and so... <laughs> It's literally, so, you know, just uncovering little things like that and just other different quirks and things like that that I have. Uh, and it's really helped me grow, but it also has taken a toll. It makes you think about a lot of things and makes you realize how broken our world is and how broken the family structure is. And so once you start thinking about a lot of those things and you start taking on some of that secondary trauma from your foster child who's in your home, you know, they go through these different experiences and things. And, you know, Dan, I know that your foster daughter is a little younger, so there may be things that are coming out still that she maybe hasn't talked about before. And kind of same for us, you know, there's things that may come up and you hear those things and you take that on. You you also kind of bear that weight. Absolutely. I mean, we're dealing with that kind of stuff right now. Like, I mean, <clears throat> the mental side of things is the is the, one of the hardest things as a foster parent um it's it's like this you're so happy for all the things that are happening but yet you don't know how to feel or you know we had some issues with a biological mother and they're like she was working on things and doing so good and we were so excited but at the same at the same time so sad because we're like she's working on things she's doing good she's gonna get her daughter back and and that you, it doesn't feel good, you know, because at the same time you are happy, you're you're for them, you know. Our main goal is re, is reunification. I mean, they t they talk about that all the time, but it's so hard when you feel that. I'll just be honest, you feel like it would be a better place would be with you, and that's the where the mental break happens because you're like, I can't think like that because she needs to go back with her mom, but then. You have something like what happened today, and I didn't even get to talk to Josh about this yet. But we got a call that um, that her biological dad had been released, and that wasn't supposed to happen for two years. And so um, now that he's coming kind of into the picture, it's changing a lot of the dynamics of everything. And so mentally, we're just like all over the place. <laughs> like today was a really tough day for us. 
I can't even imagine some of the feelings that come with that. And talking about that too, uh, one thing I'll mention is just like if you were to lose a loved one or a friend moves away or a family member, there's a lot of grief and loss tied into reunification or, uh, you know, one of your foster children going somewhere else. And so, yeah, I, you know, working up towards that is definitely a weird feeling. And then, yeah, you just talked about the biological dad getting released. That is crazy. I mean, <laughs> that is like, so that's like what, you know, when you hear about adoptions or foster care or something like that. And they're like, yeah, this random uncle just showed up out of nowhere and he's going to take them. And you're like, what? but I've, I've put in work for the past two years. Like I've done all these things with her or with him. And, you know, I know they're going to be much better here. Why would you ever send them somewhere else? But the thing we did, we have to remember, and it's just as important again with a community of foster dads and being with like-minded people, they will be better off in their environment that they were started to be raised in, in that family culture, because we think about later on in life, mm -hmm. think about, you know, uh, you know, I'm 30 years old. If I was in the foster care system or I was adopted, there would probably be some feelings inside of me of not belonging or not being wanted. And, you know, there's people that are older than me and there's people, you know, my age and younger that are still working through a lot of those things. And so if that child is back in their home, yes, they were put into foster care. Yes, there was a potential situation where they were going to be adopted, but they are back home. They know their family loves them. And even if it's a rougher upbringing, even if, you know, there may be some things that you would do better as a parent, yeah, it's, it's important to remember that them being at home is going to be best for them and their mental health as well, because not just the mental health in the in the time that they're there, but 20 years from then, 30 years from then, 40 years from then. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, my foster daughter is Af is African-American. And so there's obviously a physical difference and a cultural difference. And that's something that took a, a big toll on us in the beginning because we didn't know, you know, we didn't know what that culture is like, like, like being in our home. And so we had to shift a lot of things, you know, um, you know, doing baths and, and hair and hair and stuff like that was a big difference. And so that kind of goes back into that reunification thing you were saying where even though they're going to have a great place with us, it's always best for them to reunify with their parents or a loved one in the family. Now, now there are sit there's situations out there that you have to think about where there's abuse. And we talked about that in our last podcast where neglect, abuse, drugs, that plays a big part into bringing somebody home that's been in foster care. So it's, it's just tough trying to deal with that. We're right now, we've done three pre-trial um court cases and then we're going on a on our trial <clears throat> excuse me we're, we're having our trial in march and it's just like terrifying because it's been almost eight months of trials that's crazy and it, it just it really affects you meant like mentally so that's 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 where my head's been it's just like how in the world do i deal with this god like how do i how do i handle this god like i need to just to like just to know what is happening now and, and it's kind of like he's just like you know what 
trust me, because whatever happens, I'm going to take care of her. <laughs> and it's a constant reminder that you are not in control, <laughs> which is also nice. And again, for me, going back to control, I hate that. <laughs> but it's important to remember. And, uh, you know, talking about the, uh, the, the three different court appearances that you've already had to be a part of and things like cool. that. Uh, we have another guy in our foster dad community that's going through one of the same things right now. I think it's been like a year for them and they're, I think they're finally finalizing some things. Uh, cool. sounds like you guys were kind of throwing a wild card in there that now who knows what's going to happen. So yeah, we'll have to, uh, after this podcast is done, we'll have to talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. You know, it's crazy because when you're in court, the foster parents don't have a say. And it's kind of hard because we're the ones that are dealing the day-to-day with the child. And we don't have the say. We can't tell them what's happening. I mean, we, we can tell them what's happening, but we can't give our opinion. And that's so hard because we're like, you know, we're doing this. And why is this person involved? And why is that aunt involved? And why is she being considered to take her when she doesn't even know who she is? And um, so it's it's very difficult. It's yeah. it's the stuff that they don't really talk about much. And you know, it goes back to what we talked about in the, like in the past, where it's a case by case. Some cases done. Some cases draw out for years and years. I heard a case went out for six years one time dealing with the same stuff I'm dealing with. Oh my gosh! She will be eight if that happens. Eight. <laughs> she might as well be driving at that point. I mean, she like, she owns a business by that time. Right. She has a YouTube channel with millions and millions of views. Dude, that is insane to hear. I just can't like. I'm trying to fathom that because I I obviously haven't went through that. Um, our situation is a little bit different. Uh, you know, we will still I think struggle with a little bit of that loss. Um, you know, our foster daughter is getting ready to transition out of our home uh, into an independent living status. And so, you know, trying to get things ready for her and uh, make sure that she's all set and has the things that she needs and, you know, she's doing the things that she's supposed to do. Um, You know, I remember when she first came to us, they were like, hey, the goal is for her to transition to independent living. Here's this assessment that she did three years ago. We're not sure really where she's at on a lot of this stuff. Oh, but you also got to make sure that you do this. Oh, and you have to do this. And by the way, you know, here's all these things that you have to do. And here's the school's phone number. And this is the intervention specialist. And I'm just like, where was this in training? <laughs> like, why didn't they talk about this? Oh, no. man. Yeah. Where is this stuff in training? There's a lot that does go on in training. Let's be and then, honest. And then the trainer's like, mm, you remember that case-by-case basis? Yeah, this is that. This is that <laughs> one right there. Oh, you mean the case-by-case basis that you talked about a 100,000 times <laughs> that I didn't understand and I didn't agree with? Exactly. We're really supportive of her, and we're excited for her to get out on her own and um, you know, still being able to support her from afar, You know, wherever she ends up. Uh, it'll be here local somewhere, so we'll still be able to stop by, and she'll still come over for pizza nights and stuff like that over at our house. And so uh, looking forward to that. But, yeah, I mean, it's the day-to-day, and, yeah. you know, some things I'm not going to miss, and some things I will miss. And um, it, it's a, one of those things, again, of I'm really excited, but I'm also really sad. Sure, yeah, and, and, you know, I've seen it firsthand. Like, I want you to know that you've done a great job with her. Um, you and your wife have been awesome, and what you guys have done is just 
great. And, uh, you know, you've told me some stories, um, how you worked with her with school and stuff like that. And like, that's what it is. That's what it is to be a foster dad, just to be that dad that they needed to be or that they needed to have right then and there. And you've done it. And, um, I'm super proud of you. Great job. <laughs> Thanks. I, but I will say she has she has worked through a lot of it on her own. And, you know, we're here and we may be the ones to be the final step in her journey to being out on her own. But she is her own person. She is, uh, you know, as we've I think we've probably talked about before, she's independent. She's going to you know, she's going to start to thrive as she moves out on her own. And so, um, honestly, all we did was give her food to eat, provide her a warm bed. And that, I mean, (laughs) past that, I mean, you know, there's definitely been things here and there that we've worked through, but she has been a rock star and she has been a real blessing to our family. That's awesome. Yeah. So no, no, I don't want to accept any of those kudos because, uh, it was not me, and the Lord has led us through a lot of that as well. So that's awesome. I, I've I've prayed probably more in this past year than I have the rest of my life. <laughs> You're like God. I can't do this, man. I'm I, I really need your help right now. <laughs> yeah, he's come through. So see, I I know that feeling too. Like we had a moment where um our foster da- daughter's mom was doing great, and she was getting ready to go back, and um we had this big talk with God, and we're like, you know all right, is this really going to happen? Like, and we both felt pretty confident that like she was going to go back home. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's just, maybe that was just me being excited to have our little family back. And I'm just going to be raw and honest. Like I was excited for that. I was excited to just be us, us three again. But at the same time, like God kind of just was like, Hey, I got something for you. Yeah. He's like, Dan, that's not what it's about. <laughs> It's not what it's about. It's not. And then we've had her now for almost another eight months <clears throat> and um, for the foreseeable future. And so it's, it's, it's been really tough. It's been really hard, but man, just like today we sat down and we were playing like Uno and we played Go Fish and um, oh, oh, we played an old maid and she ended up getting the old maid card and she just flopped on the floor like, I'm old and sort of like <laughs> rolling around and like walking slow and... <laughs> It's so sweet just to see her um, look at you and call me dad, like daddy and mommy for Jess and um, her sister Olivia. And it's so special to watch them when they're not fighting like like <laughs> sisters, <laughs> but when they're actually like sitting there together and like Livy doesn't look at her like she's any different. She looks at her for who she is. And that's something that we wanted to try to raise her from the beginning is like, this person is your sister. This yeah. is who she's going to be in this season of life. Um, and uh, she just fell in love with her. They're best friends. And a yeah. lot of times we'll get mad and be like, you're not coming to my birthday. <laughs> but we, we, we know she's going to her birthday. <laughs> That's so cool. And yeah, I mean, I'll just say, you know, I haven't interacted with all of them too much and, and being there with your whole family. But when I was helping you move over, you know, I forget when that was a couple of weeks ago, it was cool to watch them. You know, I know I brought them like a little gift or something like that as a housewarming gift, but like to watch them want run around, um, to watch them interact with each other and fight with each other over things and like interact with your dogs and just see, 
you know, I think you and Jess have done a great job and, and Olivia too, of, of welcoming her in and having her be a part of your family. It's like, she's, she's no different. Exactly. Like you said, there's, there's nothing different about her than the rest of your family, except for the fact that she's just not related by blood. That's it. Yep. <laughs> so that's super cool and super awesome. And you all have done a really great job with that. Hey, thanks. You didn't have to say that because it's all my wife. She gets all the kudos. <laughs> Jess, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> I don't love you. Dan loves you. Eh, we all cut, love you. Let's cut that one out. Let's cut that piece out. Now we're, we're going to keep it there forever. <laughs> all right, Josh, we're going to talk about the 2022 vision and what the four pillars are. Yeah, I'm really excited about these, and it's something that we don't have fully developed yet. It's something that is really just a thought and an idea, and you know, there's these four different things that come with being a foster dad and with being as a part of this community and things that Dan and I are also going to live by um, for you all and for the people that join our community, the, for the people that listen to the podcast, for the people that you know like our Facebook page and things like that. Um, these four pillars are going to be really what define us. When we think pillar, it's like these four things that we stand on uh, in order to build up our foundation and build up who we are. Um, we will always go back to these four things when making decisions and doing things for flexible fatherhood. So I'm going to go ahead and share those right now, the four of them, and then we'll go into depth kind of one by one. And just like I said, this isn't fully defined yet. And this is only probably the second or third time that Dan and I have ever even talked about these. And so I'm really excited to shift this and mold this throughout the rest of this year and kind of through January. And probably in February is when we'll really solidify these things and start to publish them out. And so the four pillars of flexible fatherhood are acceptance, love, sacrifice, and service. And so when I was thinking about all the things that it takes to be a foster dad, when I was thinking about all the things uh, it is to be a part of a community, these four things kept ringing true in my ear. And, you know, as I started this thing with Dan and we worked through the website and we worked through the podcast and we started doing all the recordings, um, I prayed a lot. And again, these four things just kept coming out. Uh, of everywhere that I looked. And so it was really cool to see these and I'm really excited to mold them and shape them into what they're going to be for flexible fatherhood for you all, for us. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into those. So Dan, I want to hear your thoughts on, you know, which one of those four pop out to you the most and what does it mean to you as a part of flexible fatherhood? Absolutely. You know, I love all these. Let me uh, just go off real quick and just say, I think these are all great and we've talked a lot about them, um, but they all are important as a foster parent. Acceptance, love, sacrifice, and service. I mean, they're all super important. They're all exactly what you have to have. Um, but the one that really sticks out to me is sacrifice. Um, we've sacrificed a ton the past two years for our foster do daughter. I mean, the countless drives, the countless um, doctor visits, every little detail. Um, our time, our time was just taken away. You know what I mean? Like, it just like we had to stop everything to do what we have to do for our foster daughter. And it's just, it's, it's, it's really something that we have to, you know, really think about, like, 
if you're going to become a foster parent, are you willing to sacrifice everything you have going on? Yeah, and one of the big things there, too, is sacrificing time with extended family or sacrificing events that you would maybe do normally around the holidays. You know, thinking about foster care and about a child getting plucked from their home and from their environment and from their traditions that they've lived in, you know, just going through this holiday season has made me realize that when we have a foster child in our home, it is very important to talk to them first about different traditions and things like that. So thinking about sacrifice, there's going to be some events you're going to miss out on. There's going to be a lot of time that you, just like Dan said, you may have to go to different visits or different medical appointments um, or therapy appointments or whatever it may be. But it is so important to remember the reason that you're doing it. And we're doing it to provide a safe home for this child while they're in our care, just like Dan said earlier, to show them the love of Christ. And it does take a sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice that we understood going into it. And so one of the things that Dan and I are going to do as well is sacrifice a little bit extra of our time for flexible fatherhood. We want to make sure that this community of foster dads feels loved, supported, accepted, and that we are here sacrificing a little bit of our time, um, you know, and I'll say it doesn't even really feel like a sacrifice. Um, you know, I've spent some late nights doing some things and maybe I'm tired the next day, but it's all stuff that I've thoroughly enjoyed and loved. And Dan, I know you would say the exact same thing. It's so worth it. Yeah. So I think one of the most important, I mean, they're all four important, right? But I think the one that sticks out to me is acceptance and thinking about Things again from a foster child's point of view. I imagine going into a place where you don't feel accepted, walking into a place where things are completely different, but no one tells you why and no one wants to hear your side of it. And so you're stuck, silent, not talking about things because every time you speak up, you get shut down. That's not being accepted. And so thinking about that, I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to be? overly accepting or what can I do to make sure that whoever comes into my home is accepted. And it is uh, definitely tough to think about all the things. But the, the one thing that I'll go back to again is the name flexible fatherhood, making sure that you are accepting of all of these different things, all of these different cultures, all of these different traditions. Maybe you celebrate Christmas and you have a Jewish child in your home that needs to celebrate Hanukkah. It's like making sure that you're making those accommodations and making people feel accepted and saying, hey, we're going to go to the grocery store. What kind of snacks do you want? And making them feel included. That's the biggest thing because they're away from their biological families. For whatever reason it is, they love their families. They may have some bad blood. There may be things that are going on, but that family bond and that blood bond that is there will not go away. And so making them feel some sort of bond and connection in your home and really focusing on connection over any type of structure that you have is going to be so important. Acceptance is one of the things that are really crucial. If done well, it can be really great. If done bad, it can be really bad. And, and, so, and it can really hurt them for the long lasting. I mean, exactly. I'm looking at this over here from, from Arwen. 
talking about how their foster her foster parents gave her a stuffy. I call them stuffies, sorry. Um, and she still has it today, and she's 31. She's a mother. Um, she says, uh, Miss, Mr. Oddball is still on the shelf. It means the world to me, and I see him every day. Those are the impacts that I'll say that leave a legacy in somebody. And it starts with the foster parents in this situation. It starts with this. It starts with us. And, you know, us being dads, you know, that's that's the hard part, too, because... In a lot of these situations with neglect and drugs, there's dads that are missing in the picture, and these and, they, and these kids need their dads just as their mothers, and um and I think that kind of rolls right into my next one is love, because love is so very important in this. You can't do this if you can't love. You can't do this if you, if you don't have love for what you are doing. These kids are loved by their parents. Their biological parents, you know, a lot of the times it's a, it's a situation issue or it's a, it's a generational, um, ish like, like issue where there's drugs involved or there's neglect or something like that. That's a normal thing. They're always loved by their, by their mother or their father. Um, and so when you bring in a kid, you have to make sure that you're doing it for that reason too. You have to show them that you love them and you have to be there and you have to give them the love that they deserve because they so deserve it. Yeah. And one of the things early on, and, you know, we talked a little bit about misconceptions and eventually we're going to do another podcast about that. But one of the misconceptions I think is that people think that love is all you need. I want to say love is super powerful and love, just like Dan said, is absolutely needed. But there's a lot of education that needs to come with that as well. But, yeah, you have to be able to love. You have to know, you know, maybe there's some things in being a foster parent from your childhood that maybe you don't know how to love. Or maybe you didn't have parents that taught you how to love well. Or maybe you just don't understand it. I think a lot of people don't understand what love really is. And so that could be kind of the start of this of, hey, maybe this is something that I need to think about. I need to kind of go on my own journey about what is love so that I can pour love out to others. You know, talk about self-care and things like that and loving yourself before you love others. And so one of the things with this pillar of love and being in flexible fatherhood is the fact that Dan and I obviously love what we do or we wouldn't do it. Uh, we love this podcast. We love this community. And we want to make sure that we are pouring out everything that we have, you know, the sacrifice of time, the sacrifice of extra love that we give and things like that and, and being accepting. You know, these are all, su- you know, pillars that are so important. And just like you said, Dan, love is one of the most important things when it comes to foster care. It's just one of those things where, like, you can't you can't get into this and not love what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't. And, um, and, and these, and these kids, what they need sometimes is right off the get go is to walk into your house with their trash bag. Like 90% of the kids walk in with a black trash bag full of their clothes, their stuff, whatever they have. And they just need to be loved for five minutes just to show them that like, I'm here for you. Um, and then that comes to our fourth point, our fourth pillar, Josh, you care to share about that? Yeah, and it's service. And that's what this is. Thinking about it, so I work in IT, right? And so the way that I look at that is I provide a service to my customers or to the company or to whoever it is. 
it's the same mindset of being a foster parent. And I'll say being a parent in general and being a decent human being. But in being a foster dad, you are providing a service to someone else. You are providing a safe place to stay, a warm bed, food on the table, help with different things, rides to different areas, and all of that. You are providing all of these different services to that foster child and to that family and whatever it may be. And so, you know, I, I didn't know if I should really add this in here and put it in, but it's something that I think I would have been doing a disservice if I didn't put it in. You like what I did there? You like the pun? I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I thought it was great. <laughs> but but no, it, it would be doing a disservice if we didn't include service. Because, look, Dan talked about it earlier. I talked about it. Foster parenting is tough. There are a lot of things to it. You're doing a lot of things. You are providing a service that is sacrificial, that is loving, that is accepting to whoever it is in your home. And so thinking about that, thinking about, you know, servant leadership and everything there and, and what that entails, you know, it all kind of wraps together. But just knowing that we are serving our community, we are serving the, the widows and the orphans, we are serving those <laughs> that um, are in need of the service that we are providing. And so um, not to say that we do it well or we are the best at it or anything mm -hmm. like that, but I think that if we can include, include all four of these things into what we do, um, it's going to be beneficial and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to really make lasting change in that foster child's life for the better. All right, so those are our four pillars, acceptance, love, sacrifice, and service. Like I said before, these aren't fully developed. They're not full pillars yet. Dan and I are still working through the building of them and, and our flexible fatherhood group. We're going to be talking with them as well and figuring out what we need to do to build these up better. And we'll publish these out probably in February, but I wanted to make sure we start the conversation now so we can get the wheels turning. And so I'm really excited for these four things. They're going to be foundational in our decision-making. They're foundational in being a foster dad. And I think too, they are just great basic human skills and basic human things that if you can live by, the people around you will really appreciate. And so with that, I think we're going to go ahead and close out today's podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We've had so much fun. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group there also. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Our link tree has all the above listed there thank you again for joining us we've had so much fun and we cannot wait to check you on the next one we'll see you guys